Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. And this is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, listen. We got a lot to get to today to the glory of God. So grab your journals and notebooks and pens and get ready for some study. We will be in the book of Proverbs Chapter 1, studying out how useful Proverbs and parables are. In the first six verses, it outlines for the reader the four distinct two statements or purpose statements of the book of Proverbs because if you catch what the Holy Spirit is telling us today, your walk with Jesus will be taken to new heights. This is why I love the Word of God. This is what I love, truly love about it. It trains us in righteousness and teaches us that Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, is the wisdom of God and the power of God. It is true. The Bible is profitable. The Bible is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So it is very valuable to us. It is cherished. These are the very words of God in his wisdom. He has appointed from the foundation of the world holy men who were carried by his Holy Spirit to write his wisdom down for all of us. So it is a blessing when you study his word. Look, in the book of Proverbs, 
various kinds of arrogant fools are discussed, right? Including those who are closed-minded, overconfident, and reject instruction and correction. These are they that are unteachable. Those who lack spiritual insight. I'm talking about the spiritual, the spiritually blind. And those who are flippant, hardened, and who to their great eternal demise deliberately choose to reject God and his wisdom. Folks, I'm talking about the arrogant. Amen. Proverbs 1.7. The Amplified Bible says, The reverent fear of the Lord, that is worshiping him and regarding him as truly awesome, is the beginning and the preeminent part of knowledge its starting point and its essence but arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline amen listen this verse shows us that the fear of the lord is the beginning it should hold the chief position, the place of priority in our lives. And then, and then, only then, we will obtain knowledge and put it into its proper place. So, let us take it back to verse 1 so that we can see how useful Proverbs are. Listen, Proverbs are truths that are not clearly expressed or easily understood. They are mysterious sayings or adages that are abstruse meaning they are difficult to understand. These words of truth go against everything in this world. Worldly wisdom leads to spiritual darkness and a darkened understanding. Those in the world who reject Christ Jesus are not wise irregardless of their puffed-up notions, education, worldly wisdom, wealth, and standing. The simpleton will always reject Christ, who is wisdom, with a capital W. In the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman. And we know what personified means. Personified is an excuse me is an adjective, meaning of an inanimate object or abstraction, spoken or written of as having 
the nature or character of a person. Therefore, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is personified as a woman and speaks in the first person of godly wisdom. We can read the word wisdom in Proverbs as the wisdom of God. And we know that Paul in 1 Corinthians calls Jesus the wisdom of God. In Proverbs 8 verses 22 to 23, Jesus is identified as wisdom, as wisdom, the person. It says, the Lord created and possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old were accomplished from everlasting i was established and ordained from the beginning before the earth existed i godly wisdom existed amen and speaking of the beginning the cross reference of this verse is found in John 1 1 that speaks of the deity of Jesus Christ who was in the beginning. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word, Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God Himself. Amen. Proverbs 8.35 says, For whoever finds me, wisdom, capital W. So we know this is a person. And from scripture, we see is Jesus Christ. He goes on to say by Solomon, For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor and grace from the Lord. But he who fails to find me or sins against me injures himself. All those who hate me love and court death. Amen. We see Jesus also talking about those who hate him over there in John 7, 7. Jesus, who was talking to his earthly brothers, he was saying to them, the world cannot hate you since you are part of it, but it does hate me because I denounce it and testify that its deeds are evil. So, we know this world hates Jesus. Therefore, those who despise wisdom, little w and capital W, they court death. But before we study verses 1 through 7 of Proverbs chapter 1, let us pray, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy name. 
may your kingdom come. May your will be done on this earth as it is in heaven. We give you praise, honor, and glory this day. Thank you for saving us. And we shall live our lives in accordance with our gratitude and appreciation for our salvation that was freely given to us by your amazing grace. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus as Lord and Savior. May I, by your Holy Spirit, share this lengthy scripture with your people. 1 Corinthians 1, 18, all the way through to chapter 2, verse 16. The wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians, starting at verse 1, 18, for the message of the cross is foolishness, absurd, and illogical to those who are perishing and spiritually dead because they reject it. But to us who are being saved by God's grace, thank you, Holy Spirit, it is the manifestation of the power of God, for it is written and forever remains written. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the philosophy of the philosophers, and the cleverness of the clever who do not know me, I will nullify. Where is the wise man? philosopher? Where is the scribe, scholar? Where is the debater, orator of this age? Has God not exposed the foolishness of, the, of this world's wisdom? For since the world, through all its earthly wisdom, failed, failed, to recognize God. Amen. Father, this verse 21 is so telling just how foolish the wise are who, who reject you and Jesus. For since the world, through all its earthly wisdom, failed, these, these scholars... These teachers of the law, these scribes and philosophers with all of their puffed up, quote unquote, knowledge and wisdom, being so intellectual, could not recognize you when you sent Jesus to this earth. They couldn't recognize that. For since the world through all its earthly wisdom failed to recognize God, God in his wisdom was well pleased through, through the foolishness of the message preached 
regarding salvation to save those who believe in Christ and welcome him as Savior. Amen. For Jews demand demand signs attesting miracles and Greeks pursue worldly wisdom and philosophy. But we preach Christ crucified, a message which is to Jews a stumbling block that provokes their opposition and to Gentiles and to Gentiles foolishness, just utter nonsense. But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. This is because the foolishness of God is not foolishness at all and is wiser than men far beyond human comprehension. And the weakness of God is stronger than men far beyond the limits of human effort. Just look at your own calling, believers. Not many of you were considered wise according to human standards. Amen. Not many powerful or influential, not many of high and noble birth, but God has selected for his purpose the foolish things of the world to shame, glory be to God, to shame the wise, revealing their ignorance. And God has selected for his purpose the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, revealing their frailty. God has selected for his purpose the insignificant base things of the world and the things that are despised and treated with contempt, even the things that are nothing so that he might reduce to nothing the things that are so that no one may be able to boast in the presence of God. Amen. But it is from him, verse 30, that you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, revealing his plan of salvation and righteousness, making us acceptable to God and sanctification. Father, how blessed is the day that we recognize that you may Jesus unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification, making us holy and setting us apart for you. And you also made him to be unto us redemption providing our ransom from the penalty of sin. So then as it is written in scripture, 
He who boasts and glorifies, let him boast and glorify and and glorify in the Lord. Amen. And then we have chapter two of First Corinthians. First Corinthians talking about Paul's reliance upon the Spirit. And when I came to you, brothers and sisters, proclaiming to you the testimony of God concerning salvation through Christ, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, no lofty words of eloquence or of philosophy as a Greek orator might do. For I made the decision to know nothing. That is to forego philosophical or theological discussions regarding inconsequential things and opinions while among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. And the meaning of his redemptive substitutionary death and his resurrection. Father, Paul has put away all of his earthly, worldly knowledge to consider that as rubbish, dung. His wisdom is now placed in Christ and him crucified. That's all the knowledge and the wisdom Paul wants to have. Therefore, he put he puts away all of the the teachings that he have acquired while sitting at the foot of one of the most scholarly Jews of all time. He treats what he has acquired through worldly knowledge as dung. Amen. He goes on to say in verse 3 of 1 Corinthians 2, I came to you in a state of weakness and fear and great trembling. And my message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom using clever rhetoric, but they were delivered in demonstration of the Holy Spirit operating through me and of his power, stirring the minds of the listeners and persuading them so that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. Amen. Father, this is why Jesus told me in prayer. He is not in seminary schools. Seminary schools are built on the wisdom and rhetoric and the cleverness of man's own wisdom. You've given us wisdom, Jesus Christ, that by your power and leading of the Holy Spirit, we can learn and know the deep things of God. 
this godly wisdom is not found in a man-made institution of learning, especially when, where it comes to the teachings of God. You tell us in John, in his letters, that we need no man to teach us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, meaning to teach us their worldly wisdom. When we have the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, and what he teaches is not a lie. It will always be the truth. Amen. So that your faith would not rest on the wisdom and rhetoric of men, but on the power of God. Yet we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding, but it is a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away, but we speak God's wisdom in a mystery. The wisdom once hidden from man, but now revealed to us by God, that wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory to lift us into the glory of his presence. None of the rulers of this age recognized and understood this wisdom. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But just as it is written in scripture, things which the eye has not seen and the ear has not heard and which have not entered the heart of man all that God has prepared for those who love him, who hold him in, in affectionate reverence, who obey him and who gratefully recognize the benefits that he has bestowed for God, verse 10, for God has unveiled, for God has unveiled them and revealed them to us through the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things diligently, even sounding and measuring the profound depths of God the divine counsels and things far beyond human understanding. For what person knows the thoughts and motives, motives of a man except the man's spirit within him? So also no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the Holy Spirit who is from God so that we may know, glory be to your name, Father, 
so that we may know and understand the wonderful things freely given to us by God. We also speak of these things, not in words taught or supplied by human wisdom, amen, but in those taught by the Spirit, combining and interpreting spiritual thoughts and spiritual words for those being guided by the Holy Spirit. Amen. But the natural unbelieving man does not accept the things, the teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness, absurd, and illogical to him. And he is incapable of understanding them. Why? Because they are spiritually discerned and appreciated. And he is, the natural man, is unqualified to judge spiritual matters. Amen. But the spiritual man... The spiritually mature Christian judges judges all things, questions, examines, and applies what the Holy Spirit reveals, yet is himself judged by no one. The unbeliever cannot judge and understand the believer's spiritual nature. Amen. Not on any day of the week. They cannot. Verse 16. Father. And we'll close with this final verse. For who has known the mind and purposes of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have. Amen. We have the mind of Christ. To be guided by his thoughts and purposes. Amen. Father, I know that was a lengthy scripture. But we needed to hear it in its full context. And with that being said, Father, I ask for godly wisdom. I ask for godly discernment. I ask that the Holy Spirit move on me, continue to open up my spiritual understanding into the deep things of God. And I pray this on behalf of my true brothers and sisters in Christ as well. Glory be to your name, Father. And I ask these things and I pray these things in Jesus' mighty name. Who has become wisdom unto us, sanctification and righteousness. Thank you, Father, for your many blessings in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, as I was saying, right, Let's take this back to Proverbs chapter 1, starting at verse 1 through 7 to, to pull all of this together. Hold on. Let, let me get my sword. Hold on. Proverbs. 
Before I choke over here, listen, Proverbs, <clears throat> excuse me, chapter 1, verse 1. And this is the Amplified. The Proverbs, the Proverbs, which are truths obscurely expressed, maxims. These are sayings and adages of Solomon, son of David. King of Israel. Solomon is going to give us four statements about the usefulness of Proverbs. He starts with the first one in verse in verse two. To know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction. So he's telling us from the start the purpose of Proverbs and how useful they are. And he said, for number one, it is useful to know skillful and godly wisdom and instruction. Number two, to discern and comprehend the words of understanding and insight. Number three, to receive instruction because this is why Proverbs, these godly adages, these godly sayings, why they are so profitable and beneficial to those who are in Christ and love our Heavenly Father. Well, these Proverbs are useful in that to receive instruction in wise behavior and the discipline of wise thoughtfulness. Folks, listen, we must be careful and take great consideration for the way we think because the way we think will show up in the way we behave. So if all you are thinking about is wickedness, sin, and trying to find loopholes to get around the wholesome teachings of Jesus Christ, then all of that filth will show up in your life. But if you take these biblical truths, these proverbs, and apply it to your way of thinking, then your life will be radically different from those of a fool who say in their hearts, there is no God. Amen. Verse 4, that prudence and good judgment, and we know prudence is all about being able to make fine distinctions. It is good judgment. It is astute common sense, meaning having discernment and being perceptive. Folks, we must be able to perceive evil irregardless how subtle it is. 
This is why our eyes got to be wide open. Our minds must be sober. We can't be off in drunkenness and getting high and filled with lust. Because it would take your eyes off of discernment. And this is why my hand is the first to be raised. We make unwise, ungodly decisions in the matters of our lives. That's why if you look up and you find yourself away from these proverbs, you will see a life on its way to eternal destruction. That is why we stay in the word of God. So these, any foolish notion that enters my little pea brain, okay, it will keep us all in check. So these proverbs, right, are useful in that prudence, which is good judgment, may be given to the naive or inexperienced who are easily misled. This is the simpleton. The naive are the gullible. I hate to say it like this, but stupid people. We all need godly wisdom and teachings. So, and knowledge, because this is the benefits we get from Proverbs. And, and I'm talking about godly Proverbs, not Chinese Proverbs, right, Holy Spirit, not, not African Proverbs, not pick a country, pick any false religion. Outside of Christ. Oh, they got a ton of worldly, ungodly proverbs. No. Like, for instance, one, one, you would think that this was, this will be something you will find in the Bible. How it takes a whole village to raise a child. I believe that's an, an, an African proverb. Now, if we look at it with worldly vision, okay, yeah, it would take the whole community to keep this one child in check. But the Holy Spirit tells us how to keep a child in check, raise them up in the, in the training, in the, in the teaching, in the admonition of the Lord. Spare not the rod. Otherwise, you will send that child straight to hell. We, we don't need a whole community. We need one. Jesus Christ. Jesus will get your life right. Let me assure you. <laughs> Glory be to God. So, and knowledge and discretion. Intelligent discernment to the youth. Look at that. Was we not just talking about the youth? Listen, train them in the book of Proverbs. Start there. 
Okay, because the Holy Spirit is telling us that this knowledge, this discretion, this intelligent discernment, bring it to the youth. Verse five, the wise will hear and increase their learning by these proverbs and the person of understanding will acquire wise counsel. And the skill to do what? To steer his course wisely and lead others to the truth. Number four. Talking about how Proverbs are useful. Well, Solomon is outlining, out, outlining for us why he wrote these Proverbs. Just how how beneficial they are that when we apply this sound doctrine and teaching and sayings to our lives, we will be able to steer our course in this life wisely. So no longer are we making foolish, foolish Stupid decisions that will always lead us from Christ. That will always put us back on that broad way straight to a burning hell. And folks, listen, hell is not the final destination. Once Jesus returns and sits on his great white throne, well, hell will resurrect itself of its inhabitants to stand before Jesus to be judged and to hear the final outcome of that judgment. Your name will have not been found in his book of life. And you will be thrown into the lake of fire for all of eternity. And not only that, hell and death and the devil and the Antichrist and his false prophet will all, all be thrown into the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone and the smoke of all of them will rise day and night and there will never ever ever be any relief for those who have been thrown into that lake so how important is it that we follow and remain and endure in Christ Jesus If you want to know how to think, pick up the word of God. It will clean up that filthy, nasty, negative way of thinking we all have had. Yeah, had. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, number four is found in verse six. To understand a proverb and a figure of speech or an enigma with its interpretation and the words of the wise and their riddles that require reflection. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Solomon is telling us that, that Proverbs 
and parables because we know that Jesus taught in parables and we and we are going to talk about that as well today. Solomon is saying that proverbs are riddles. They are the words of the wise that require reflection. It makes you go, hmm, hmm, huh, oh, okay, okay, I get it, I get, I got it, I got it, I got it, okay, so Proverbs gives us something to think about, it is all about contrast and reflection, we see the life of a fool contrasted with the life of the righteous who takes these wise sayings, whether it's rebuking them, encouraging them, instructing them, we take it and we eat it. We eat it and apply it to our life, our lives. Amen. Verse 7. Listen to verse 7 because verse 7 sums up the whole book of Proverbs if you ask me. Verse 7, Proverbs 1. The reverent fear of the Lord, that is, worshiping Him and regarding Him as truly awesome, is the beginning and the preeminent part of knowledge. It's starting point and it's essence. But arrogant fools despise skillful, smart, and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. Amen. Listen, the fool ain't trying to discipline themselves about nothing. Why? For what? According to their worldly, earthly wisdom, they got this <laughs> and don't and don't tell a ph a phd doctor so and so oh he ain't smart uh, okay well listen so now that we clearly understand just how useful proverbs are because again these words of truth goes against Everything in this pagan, satanic, loving, Christ-rejecting, God-denying, sin-sick world. Mm-hmm. Again, worldly wisdom leads to spiritual darkness, a darkened understanding, and eternal destruction. These folks are not wise. And I don't care how many platforms they have. I don't care how many people worship these witches and warlocks. I don't care how many social media influencers there are. I don't care how many Christ not sending pastors and motivational speakers because that's really who they are with all of their five bullet points to applying God's grace to your life. Meanwhile, never rebuking, never telling people they must repent and come out of the madness. They themselves 
are fools because they don't believe in God. I don't care what they say. They don't believe in Jesus because the message they preach is not from Jesus, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So I don't know what Jesus, little J, they are believing in. That's why, right, Colossians 2, 8. Let me give that to you. Hold on. Uh-huh. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me, Colossians 2, 8. This is the New Living Translation because I love how it's put in this language. Listen to this. Do not. (laughs) Paul is like, do not let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high sounding nonsense that come from human thinking. And from the spiritual powers of this world rather than Christ. Amen. So folks, don't don't let anybody fool you and trick you out of your salvation with all of their puffed up seminary worldly knowledge. Don't do it. And so what? They got Dr. So-and-so and all the alphabet behind their names it don't make them wise listen if they are not truly serving the real Jesus Christ everything they everything they say and teach consider it all as dung that's right I said it so yeah so now since we have just gone through Proverbs 1 through 7. No, I'm sorry. Proverbs chapter 1 verses 1 through 7. Let us find out in its context what Solomon has so wonderfully crafted by the Holy Spirit to enlighten us about. Because verse 7, right, concludes the instruction to the book of Proverbs. This verse is the cornerstone of the entire book. Solomon is making an absolute statement against any knowledge that takes precedence, precedence over the Lord. The use of fear, right? Because he said, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline, right? So the use of fear in this context is not meant to imply a sense of horror, despair, or fright. It is a strong term for sure. Here it points more towards a sense of extreme respect. This is the sense in which mature adults fear things like fire, knives, or chemicals. It's not panic and terror, but does come with a suggestion of consequences. Listen, according to the Bible, true knowledge cannot exist without a reverent fear of God. 
Amen. Certainly there are many very intelligent individuals who do not follow God. So this statement can seem contradictory. In the original Hebrew phrasing, the beginning does not point to knowledge, but instead belongs with the fear of the Lord. The same phrase can be more literally translated as given priority to. In this context, the term beginning means the chief place in time, space, and order. The contention here is not that one cannot obtain knowledge apart from God. Instead, this implies that knowledge is out of place apart from the fear of the Lord. Amen. Folks, listen. Knowledge itself can become an, an an idol. Uh-huh. Knowledge itself can become an idol and take the chief place in one's life. Study Romans 1.22. Okay? Because what you don't want to have happen in your life because you think you know it all. That, that you can walk by the torches that you have set ablaze for your life. Well, well, God will turn you over to your foolishness and your lust. He will cause you to become a reprobate. He tells us in Isaiah 50 verses 10 to 11. He will let you go. Go. Go your own way. But this is what you can expect from my hand. Those who, who won't listen to his servant Jesus, who wants to operate by their own wisdom that do not come from God. They love the world, all that is in it, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These things don't come from God. So if you love the world, you are an enemy of God. And he says over there in Isaiah 50 verse 11 that this is what you can expect from him. When you do all of that, you will lie down in a place of torment. I just finished telling y'all about this lake of fire. Revelation 20 verses 10 to 15 should be at the heart and the forefront of every follower of Jesus as a reminder that if you stay in your nonsense, if you don't repent, if you don't come to God and confess that sin, this will be your destination. Don't matter what you believe in your heart about Jesus. Okay, having all of this mental assent, but no one is turning from their sins. Paul tells us, do you not know? Don't be deceived. The fornicator, the idolator, the adulterer, the effeminate, the homosexual, the covetous thief, the drunkard, the reviler, Swindler, 
will not inherit the kingdom of God. Study Revelation 21.8. Jesus said the abominable, the coward, the unbeliever, murderer, idolater, and all liars. Their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Understand? Uh-huh. Listen. Back to Proverbs 1.7. Bringing that all to a close. Because Solomon learned throughout his life. That there is a vast difference. Between worldly knowledge and godly wisdom. In the opening prayer I just read from 1 Corinthians one twenty-five, Amen. And in the book of Proverbs, he is warning us, warning us to put things in the proper order. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. It should hold the chief position. The place of priority in our lives. And then we will obtain knowledge and put it into its proper place. However, just because knowledge should not overtake the Lord in priority. We are not to despise wise instruction. Instead, when everything is in its proper place, we will fear the Lord, obtain knowledge, and enjoy wise instruction. Amen. Because let us talk about why Jesus taught in parables. Okay. Because in the Gospels, it talks about how a lot of, a lot of people were following Jesus. They was following him around, especially after the miracle of raising Lazarus, Lazarus from the dead, feeding of the uh, multiple uh, multitudes. It was 5,000 at one time performed a miracle, fed the whole crowd. And then another time, 4,000 people. So people, thank you, Holy Spirit, People like them today only follow Jesus for what they believe he can do for them. True, true disciples of Jesus Christ, we crucify this flesh. We pick up our cross daily, deny ourselves and follow him in all of his ways of teachings all of his examples, all of his proverbs, adages, and sayings. This is why Jesus taught in parables. Listen, it has been said that a parable is an, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The Lord Jesus frequently, frequently used parables as a meaning of illustrating profound divine truths. Stories such as these are easily remembered. 
the characters bold and the symbolism is rich in meaning. Parables were a common form of teaching in Judaism. Before a certain point in his ministry, Jesus had employed many graphic analogies using common things that would be familiar to everyone like salt, bread, sheep, etc. And their meaning was was fairly clear in the context of his teaching. But parables required more explanation. And at one and and at one point in his ministry, Jesus began to teach using parables exclusively. So the question is why why would Jesus let people wonder about the meaning of his parables? The first instance of this is in his telling the parable of the seed and the soils. Before he interpreted this parable, he drew he drew his disciples away from the crowd. They said to him, "Why do you why do you speak to them speak to them in parables?" Jesus answered them, "To you talking to his disciples and to us, right? To you, it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them, it has not. It has not been granted for whoever has, for whoever has to him more shall be given and he will have an, an abundance. I don't know why I couldn't get that out. But whoever does not have, even what he has shall be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because while seeing, they do not see. And while hearing, they do not hear, nor do they understand in their case. The prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their ear with their eyes and hear with their ears lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that i should heal them not of, of a physical disease folks but from sin but blessed are your eyes why because they see and your ears why because they hear for i truly say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it and to hear what you hear and did not hear it 
Amen. That's all in Matthew 13, 10 to 17. Jesus is saying the prophets and the wise men of old wanted to hear and see what these disciples are hearing and seeing. The Messiah in the flesh. Up close and personal where you can hear him with your literal ear. See him with your literal eyes and be taught by the and, and be taught by the God man in the flesh, standing eyeball to eyeball, hearing these divine truths that were made available the the mystery of Jesus parables were made they were made manifested to his disciples and likewise today we are Jesus disciples not only do we follow him but we obey and adhere to and heed to his teachings whatever he tells us to do we do it we don't come away and confront him with our puffed up knowledge that we have acquired from the world and from seminary. Thank you, Holy Spirit. His earthly mother, Mary, told his disciples and servants at the wedding feast, right before Jesus performed his very first miracle, he, she said, Whatever he tells you to do, do it. And what did they do? They and what did they do? They filled up those barrels, cisterns, baskets, what have you, with water, and Jesus performed his first earthly miracle, turning water into wine. And so from this point on in Jesus' ministry, right? Getting back to why why he taught in parables. From this point on in Jesus' ministry, when he spoke in parables, he explained them only to his disciples. But those who had continually rejected his message were left in their spiritual blindness, namely them Pharisees, right? left in their spiritual blindness to wonder as to his meaning. Folks, how many times have we read in the Gospels when, when Jesus was teaching on something and the Pharisees was like, what? Does he mean that we are going to literally drink his blood? What? You mean that we're going to literally eat of his flesh when Jesus was talking about how he is the bread of life they couldn't get the spiritual understanding of what he was saying Jesus was not saying that he's a loaf of bread that we should eat it and make a sandwich of it absolutely not but the wise men though the Pharisees the elders and the scribes who relished in their knowledge and teaching of the law, yet could not understand with, with all of their puffed up knowledge, could not understand and recognize who was in their midst. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So 
right and then another time when when jesus was saying about his resurrection and um yeah resurrection and and how how he will be resurrected they were like what don't no man come back from the dead what you talking about see they they couldn't understand anything Jesus was talking about. And yet, these are they who say they know God. Okay, well, where was I? Right. He explained the parables only to his disciples, right? But those who had continually rejected his message, well, they were left. In their spiritual blindness to wonder as to his meaning. He made a clear distinction between those who had been given ears to hear. And those who persisted in unbelief. Ever hearing but never actually perceiving. And always learning but never able to acquire. Um, and never able to acknowledge the truth. We see that verse in 2 Timothy 3.7. Mm-hmm. Always learning and never able to arrive at, at a knowledge of the truth. Amen. Listen, the disciples had been given the gift of spiritual discernment. Folks. Always pray for spiritual discernment because in this in these last days living in this evil present world we need spiritual discernment because Jesus said about that great deception that falling away apostasy right before he returns he says even the elect may be deceived. Even the elect. That's why we must stay on our spiritual toes. Amen. So, the disciples had been given the gift of spiritual discernment by which things of the spirit were made clear to them because they accepted truth from Jesus. They were given more and more truth. Amen. Folks, let, let me help you out. When you consistently, habitually accept the truth of what Jesus taught and what he said, and you actually do it, more, more truth will be given unto you. Folks, listen, I am a witness to this. When I was sitting up under that damnable prosperity gospel, all of that word of faith, new age nonsense. I I never heard from Jesus personally. I never heard from God where I can decipher whether these are my thoughts or this is Jesus by the Holy Spirit actually talking to me. Why? Because I didn't accept his truth, mainly to go, comma, and sin no more. That the fear of the Lord will turn a man or woman from their evil, wicked, detestable, abominable ways. 
I didn't accept that truth. So less and less was given to me. Unlike now. And I'm quite sure you too experienced this. When you listen to Jesus and follow and obey his voice. The more truth he will reveal to you. I'm telling you. I have learned more sitting at the feet of Jesus. Having his Holy Spirit train me and guide guide me. I've learned more of spiritual truths doing that than I had ever done in these brick and mortar buildings. Amen. Listen, it is something to this. And that's why it is a privilege and a blessing. That God has provided his wisdom for us to pick it up and read it with our eyeballs. Amen. So, because they accepted truth from Jesus, they were given more and more truth. Well, the same is true today of believers who have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit who guides us into all truth. John 16, 13, when the spirit, Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Amen. He has opened our eyes. To the light of truth and our ears to the sweet words of eternal life. Amen. Folks, in closing, our Lord Jesus understood that truth is not sweet music to all ears. Absolutely not. Listen, simply put, there are those who have neither interest in nor regard for the deep things of God. So why then did he speak in parables to those with a genuine hunger for God? The parable, just like the proverb, is both an effective and memorable vehicle for the conveyance of divine truths. Our Lord's parables contain great volumes of truth in very few words. And his parables, rich in imagery, are not easily forgotten. So then, the parable, just like the the proverb of Solomon, is a blessing to those with willing ears, but to those with dull hearts and and ears that are slow to hear, the parable is also, just like the proverb, is also an instrument of both judgment and mercy. Mm-hmm. So, there we have it, folks. Listen, Jesus Christ 
has been made wisdom unto us. And when we read in Proverbs, especially starting at like chapter 8, when wisdom, who is being personified as a woman, is talking. That's Jesus Christ. Wisdom. We know as, as you read that wisdom speaking as a lady talks about how she, in this case, was with God in the beginning when he was creating the world, when he was setting boundaries for the seas, when he was creating the earth. Jesus was right there. We just read in John 1, 1, when we apply what Christ tells us to do, how to do it, when to do it, when not to do something, when to be aware of something, when to let no one deceive you. Listen, it would do us well to heed to that because Jesus' words are spirit and life. He would never tell you anything that will bring you that will bring destruction about to you. No. He he would never lead you in the way of everlasting heat. No. He said he is the door. He is the light. He is the good shepherd. He is wisdom. He is the power of God. When you have him living on the inside of you, how can you possibly live a defeated life unless you have a false Christ? Folks, thank you, Holy Spirit. All by his grace, what I'm teaching on this podcast is to enlighten and encourage you that you don't have to live a life of sin. We can't continue to make excuses why we live defeated lives. We live defeated lives because we have chosen to act on those thoughts in our minds it comes out whatever we speak is coming from our heart what's in your heart whether good or bad evil or righteous will eventually come out of that mouth and all of it will show up in your life. Jesus said we can judge a tree by the fruit it bears. So if you are living a life characterized by sin, producing bad fruit, the Holy Spirit is not in you. That's why we on this podcast stay on First John 3. Because John said, the person who has God's Holy Spirit, his character of righteousness living on the inside of you, well, you cannot go on sinning. 
You cannot practice a life of willful, knowing, blatant, habitual sin if you got God's spirit living on the inside of you. If Jesus Christ lives in you, you live a crucified life. Why? Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20 for me turned the lights on. I have been crucified with Christ. I, that that old sinful flesh man nature, has been crucified. I no longer live. I'm a dead woman walking. I've crucified that, that flesh when I came to Christ Jesus. Therefore, I no longer live. Why? Christ lives on the inside of me. Therefore, this life, this born again life, I live it in this body by faith. In whom? Not my own works. Not my own ambitions and the things I want to do. No. I live it by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Amen. Folks, when you understand that Christ died a horrific, bloody, brutal, violent death on your behalf, it does something to your psyche. It wakes you up that even while we were sinners, yet, 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 anyway, Christ died for us, knowing that many and most will reject him anyway. And yet, he set his face as flint and endured the shame, the pain, and the torture of the cross anyway. That's the God whom we serve. That's a testament to his righteous, holy character. That even mankind in their filth and rejection of him, he died for their sins, their past sins too. And the fool, getting back to Proverbs, the arrogant fool still rejects Christ Jesus. What he said, and Proverbs 1, 7, but arrogant fools despise skillful and godly wisdom and instruction and self-discipline. Well, there we have it. There we have it. Study the book of Proverbs. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to have me. And yeah, because you know why? I don't know about you all, but I need wisdom. Okay, I need to hear from Jesus. Okay, I have been trained to recognize his voice now. That's why I ain't, I ain't putting up with the nonsense, the high sounding nonsense. We, if we make ourselves available and diligent to the Holy Spirit, not bucking up against him. He will teach you discernment. So 
it won't take a person two hours of beating me in the head with twisted scripture for me to know wolf, for me to know false brethren. I am being trained and I pray you too are. We are being trained to recognize the mess when it shows up claiming Jesus is their Lord. I'm loving it. Listen, I'm loving sanctification. Listen, keep me in this process as long as possible to gut out the foolishness. Listen, I don't know about you, but I need every jot and tittle of the book of Proverbs. Listen, I am not this smart. Okay. Okay. Humbly, I am as dumb as they come. I keep myself low, low, low down to the ground. I will not allow myself to get to get puffed up in knowledge just because I can hear the voice of Jesus and he's teaching me his word so I can turn around and teach it to you. I will always keep myself low, low, low down to the ground, humble, respecting who my God is. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for today's lesson. This just gives us more encouragement to endure until the end. Once we are made aware of who you are, who Christ Jesus truly is, how the Holy Spirit works in our lives, we see eternal life showing up, bubbling up out of our born-again spirits. Father, I don't know about the rest of your children, but I love this wilderness. I love this, this sanctification. Train me, gut me, discipline me, love on me. I love it all. As I await the arrival, the revelation of my Lord Jesus, where I can look at him face to face. Because all this time I'm believing in him. I'm trusting in him. And I'm relying in him. Train me. <laughs> you know I need training. To your glory. I give you honor. I give you much respect. Thank you Lord for saving me. In Jesus mighty name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks, there we, there we have it. My time has truly run out on the podcast. Lord willing, until next time, repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. And I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in. I truly appreciate all your support. Until next time, I'll be talking to y'all soon. Bye.